Welcome to the Strategy Driven Podcast, Making Change Work. What is change and why is it so hard? On behalf of the entire Strategy Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, Making Change Work. What is change and why is it so hard? The Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this episode, Sharon Drew Morgan, founder of Morgan Facilitations, shares with us her insights on the difficulty in effectively implementing business change. In this, the first of a series of change management podcasts, We explore what change is, its relationship to business systems, and why business changes are so difficult to effectively implement. So now, without any further delays, let's get started. We are privileged to be joined by Sharon Drew Morgan. New York Times best-selling author and developer of a change management model based on buy-in that she's written about in her latest book, Dirty Little Secrets. Sharon Drew is the visionary thought leader behind buying facilitation, a decision facilitation model that focuses on helping buyers and those who would be impacted by the accompanying change manage their internal, unconscious, and behind-the-scenes issues that must be addressed before they purchase anything or buy into the requested change. She has served many well-known companies, including KPMG, Unisys, IBM, Wachovia, and Bose. Sharon Drew, welcome back to the Strategy Driven Podcast. Thank you. This is going to be fun, Nathan. I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited about the series that we're doing. And for our audience, just to let them know up front, We're actually doing a series of six podcasts on the subject of change management, which I know that the organizations I've worked with, and I can't help but imagine our listeners, uh, have struggled with. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show, and I'm really pleased to be able to offer our audience this series. And you know what I think we should do? I think we should start off and tease our listeners just a little bit and let them know that we really understand the problems with change and that just give them little hints as to what we're going to be talking about in the rest of the series and get them hooked. What do you think? Well, that sounds good. And to start us off, would you mind setting the, the framework for our podcast by telling our audience how you define change? For me, change means buy-in. For me, change means something from the outside is trying to get something from the inside to agree to do something different. 
And the problems, of course, are that the something inside doesn't want to do anything different. So we end mm -hmm. up having to deal with resistance, which we consider to be an aspect of change, but really doesn't have to be. So for me, change is when there is buy-in and agreement to do something different. Okay. Now, Sharon Drew, I get a lot of, I'll, I'll say almost argument, we could call it resistance, from different companies that I work with. And the pushback they give me is that, well, we are different. And sometimes it's, uh, we're different because of the industry we serve. Sometimes it's, we're different because, well, we're a nonprofit organization or we're a governmental agency or, well, you know, we're a Fortune 500 company. Uh, it's, it's always something about us that's different. And so, well, change doesn't happen that way here. Do, do you see change as fundamentally being, or, or maybe I should say in principle, being the same for everybody? Absolutely. Um, and the reason is very simple. Change means that something from the outside is trying to get something on the inside to do something different. And whether you're in a family or in a group or in a team, you've got rules and agreement of how things work and you don't want anything foreign coming in telling you to do anything different. Mm -hmm. So as long as there's something from the outside pushing information, data, a request, a new behavior in to something that seems to be fine, thank you, the way it is, there will be automatic resistance. So whatever it is you're pushing in, the moment you're taking an idea, a request for change, a request for a new behavior, and trying to get someone else to do that or a team to do that, you are setting up resistance, setting up a problem, and ensuring that the change will be difficult. So whether it's in change management with a large ERP system, or you're putting in some new technology and you've got user groups, or you're trying to do team building training and get the team to, to change their behavior, regardless of what the industry is, the problems that we see with change occur over and over and over again at a systems level, at a, at a generic level. Push something from outside in whatever's in is going to resist. So in my definition, it's always the same. And I have to mention this, I'll call it a quote, just because I hear it just all the time. And it comes from those folks that the outsiders want to change or they want to change their system. And the quote is, I've been here before you got here. I'm going to be here after you leave. So why is it, am I going to change? So let me tell you what's happening. 
What's mm -hmm. happening is that you are the outsider. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. So even if you are the one that is carrying this brilliant conversion and you're going to make everybody better, smarter, richer, happier, sexier, wonderful, you are an outsider, in fact, and you don't understand their rules. Even if it looks like you know them, all somebody has to do is look at each other across the room and you've just missed the entire interaction because you don't have their history. You don't have the, right? You don't understand yeah. the personalities. Yeah. You don't understand who's weighted in terms of their decision-making, who used to work with who and who has a political problem behind them that's from four years ago and they're still not talking, but they look like they are. You're an outsider. So as soon as you get somebody telling you, you don't understand, you're not part of us, you're just entering, what they're telling you is, you don't belong, and we're fine, thank you. And all systems will do that until they figure out how to buy in. One of the things we're going to be talking about over the next five podcasts is what exactly is a system, and how does a system buy in to change so that not only is the change accepted, but everyone is willing to take some form of a leadership role and, and make the change be part of them becoming excellent so that they flourish as a result. And you don't even have to have any resistance. That's one of the things we're going to be talking about. Well, and I want to tease the audience a little bit more and explore systems just just a smidge not too much because I know we have an entire podcast that we're going to dedicate to systems and talking about systems but could you describe for the audience what a system is when we talk about it in terms of managing change okay. for me a system is a set of interdependent bits that have all bought into, agreed to, the same beliefs, the same rules, the same values, and they operate with each other in such a way that if any one piece was taken out, the system would fall apart. So if you think about a puzzle, you take one piece out, it's no longer the right picture. And unfortunately, whether it's sales or change management or negotiating or coaching or training, as outsiders, we tend to look in and see a problem that they may or may not be able to see from inside, probably can't. But we act as if that were an isolated event. And we say, oh, look, you have a problem. But guess what? I've got the solution. And here it is. So it's like, remember the game Pick Up Sticks, Nathan? Yes, okay. I do. And remember, you had to figure out how to get the black one. Mm -hmm. And it was yep. always in the middle of everything. And you couldn't move anything else to get to that black one. 
And you yes. needed the black one to move everything, but you couldn't get there till you got there. Right? Mm -hmm. And it was always in yep. the middle. Yep. It was never just sitting outside waiting for you. But getting there, you, you lost. By the time you even tried to get there, you already lost because you already touched something you weren't supposed to touch. That's what a system is. It's a series of interdependent bits that just the way they are creates the system and they all use the same rules and they all have the same values. And you cannot take one thing away without disrupting the rest of the system. And that's the problem we have in change management and sales. As outsiders, we stand there and go, we can fix that. And you know what? We're outsiders. We can't because the system will reject us. And I see systems as being even complex in and of themselves or a system of systems. So we have our organizational values and then we embed those values into our policies and our procedures. So it's not just a system among people. Now we have a system among, systems. again, policies and practices. And then we have it in our software applications. That's and it's, yeah, so the systems have a that's system. Right. And we're going to talk about this yeah. in a whole session that's going to be really exciting. But the baseline that people have to understand is that change management is not about the solution we're trying to achieve. Change management right. must be about the buy-in that the system, that the people, the group, the team accepts in order for change to happen. Because they can have the biggest need in the world and we can have the absolute correct solution. And if they don't buy in, they're not going to take it. Just like if a salesperson has just the right solution and the buyer doesn't know how to change or adopt to something new, they will not choose that solution, whether or not they need it. And one of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about systems is that for right or wrong, good or bad, whichever way the group is, they've been that way for a while. And they're fine, thank you. So one of the things oh, yeah. we're going to be talking about in, uh, in our second session is what needs to happen for them to want to buy in and how we can start addressing them without any bias at all. Now, Sharon Drew, I think I'm also hearing you say or suggest that system by their design are really set up to resist change. They just want to keep going and doing their kind of normal thing in the normal way that they've always done things. They don't and want to change. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about on our second podcast. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Now, if we have folks who are out there and they're, they're supposed to be change agents or change management type folks, you would think that they would understand that there are rules and relationships and the histories and the egos and the personal needs and all these other conceivable things that have to be changed. Why then, and maybe, maybe it's just me and my experience, but do I not see these folks looking and considering all these things when they go to do change management? Well, let's talk for just a little bit about ego. And okay. I have to deal with this with salespeople all the time. Um, 
I was once speaking in front of 600 people and the guy before me was talking about be who you are, be who you are, be who you are. And so I stood up and I said, when I started my talk and I said, so who are you? And 600 people yelled back, fine, thanks, how are you? So salespeople hear exactly what they want to hear and they assume that that's true. Those of us on the outside have had so much rejection because we've never been taught how to manage buy-in before we enter that we end up defending our egos and assuming that we are accurate. And mm-hmm. and in the change management field and in the sales field we always see the customer, the buyer, the client as stupid because we can obviously see the problem and we absolutely have the right solution. And what are they resisting for? I mean, we're right, they're wrong, we got the solution, they got the problem, what's the deal? And we have never been taught an upfront model to teach the people how to buy into the change. Because until or unless they are ready, willing, and able to do something different, they will do nothing because they're fine. Thank you. There's one other piece that's really important that few people think about. And that is, I'm going to give you a one-liner that's going to make some people just cringe, cringe up their face Information doesn't teach people how to make a new decision. So much of change management is data gathering and data sharing. Like in the field of sales, change management does an amazingly good job doing a needs analysis and a solution placement. And it has no skill set to manage the unconscious, political, egotistical on the inside, relationship-based buy-in that people inside must manage. And what we do is assume that because we have rational data and the management wants this material to shift the group, that we have the authority and leadership to put it in there. So um, years ago, I was doing an article on decision-making with the CEO of a stationary company that was doing a merger with a delivery company. I can't mention their names, but you know who they are. And um, so I was talking to the CEO, and um, he had at that time, um, I think he had like 3,000 outlets, storefronts around the country. And before the merger, he, he spent $2 million putting together a dog and pony show. And he went around to, with one of the other C-level people to, to 3,000 sites. And they saw 30,000 people over the course of six months. And he 
to convince them that they have to work together. There was this new thing. So I said, huh, a $2 million dog and pony show that took you six months. I said, how did it work? And he said, it was terrific. I said, really? I said, um, what happened? He said, they loved it. I said, 30,000 people loved it. He said, well, not exactly 30,000 people. He said, 10% didn't get it. I said, so 3,000 people didn't buy in. And he said, yeah, but, but that's okay. I said, what'd you do? This, this is a true story. He said, I'll never forget yeah. these words. He said, it became, a, it became a retention issue. I said, you fired 3,000 people because they didn't like the dog and pony show? To which he replied, and I again quote, he said, not to worry. It wasn't a big problem. They had to go anyway. They were the people that had been around for 18 or 20 years. They were dead wood. I mean, crazy. He fired yeah. the entire fabric, the history, the brand of his company because they didn't buy into a dog and pony show. So here's a case that I'm sure is used over and over again of giving people good data, assuming that they're supposed to understand they're supposed to change their job, change their job description, work with different people, have different beliefs about who they are because now they're working with different people and now they're in a different hierarchy and they used to be at the top of the list and now they're at the bottom because they have a different job and they're in a different seat and they're working with other people. And because you want them to, that's supposed to be okay. So mm -hmm. we forget that data does not teach someone how to make a decision. And just because we can see the problem and have a rational solution doesn't mean they're going to buy in. And what we're going to be doing over the next five podcasts is explaining how to manage buy-in first before you get to the leadership, before you get to the data. Because you know what? Until or unless they figure out how to buy in, it doesn't matter what wonderful thing you have to make them change into. Now, Sharon Drew, just to summarize the problems, I was wondering if you could go through, I don't know, I, I hate to call it a list, but we're not doing details in this podcast. But what you see is those key problems that are associated with change. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to ask you if you could give us a key list of solutions that go with change after this question so that we can lead into our next five podcasts in our series. So okay. number one, we don't get buy-in. And we assume because we have a rational solution, they're supposed to buy in. Number two, we assume there's going to be resistance. And in fact, we create the resistance ourselves. It's like we're shooting our client in the foot and then running after them when they don't want the Band-Aid and holding up the Band-Aid saying, I've got the Band-Aid, what's your problem? While they're bleeding to death. Okay. So, so there's no buy-in. There's resistance that we have created. Number three, we are not creating leaders. We are pushing people into their resistance, into their defense. And instead, we could be using their leadership capacity, even if they're janitor people, even if they're operators. 
we could be using their creativity to be leaders. Number four, mm-hmm. we are focusing on our um, change initiative and what we want them to achieve rather than teaching them how to meld and be flexible and so forth and create the change from within first. So we are pushing against a closed system and then getting out the guns when there's resistance. I actually talked to somebody today and he read my recent white paper and he said, you're missing the point. There's always resistance. So he didn't even want to hear about the way to get people to buy in because there's an automatic assumption there's going to be resistance. And that's built into the failure. Just like in sales, there's a 5 to 7% close rate. And that goes even against the statistical average of 100 people buying something. But we assume that failure. We assume failure in change management because we've always gotten it. It has never occurred to us to change the model. So we're going to be offering a new model here where you're going to get, where you're going to understand systems, where you're going to make sure there's buy-in and acceptance and leadership before we introduce the, the change itself. We're going to get rid of our own biases because we enter with an amazing amount of bias. We're going to take a look at what buy-in really looks like because we are not getting buy-in now. And we assume that we're not supposed to because it's not possible. That's what the guy kept telling me today. Oh, it's not possible. It's absolutely possible. It's just not possible the way people have been doing it. And then we're going to make sure that everybody's a leader. Well, that's great. If you don't mind, I'm going to just briefly summarize for our audience what we talked about in this podcast. We started out by saying that fundamentally, change is about buy-in. And change deals with systems, and it's the buy-in of those systems. And those systems are the interrelated bits, whether they're the people bits or they're the process bits or policy bits or the IT system bits or the system of systems that are all interrelated that have to buy into our change. That change management is about facilitating the decision that people have to go through or the systems have to go through to buy into change. And that uh, when we talked about the problems of change, we said, first, we don't get buy-in. Second, we assume resistance. Third, we not only don't create leaders to help us implement the change, we actually put people on the defensive. Fourth, we said we focus on our change initiative or whatever it is we want to implement and we don't focus on getting the buy-in and and that buy-in being of the systems and then fifth we actually assume that there's going to be failure we've just kind of accepted that and then that's what sets us back and then of course lastly for the solutions of change they're coming again in the next five podcasts of our series where we're going to talk about systems and how they influence change, where we talk about the problems of change management, including bias, resistance, and push. We talk about decisions, and if they're rational, then why then are are they impacted or resistant to our changes? 
why buy-in is necessary and how we can achieve that. And then, of course, our last podcast in the series is going to put it all together, and we're going to talk about real leadership and leading our organization to change. That's a lot of stuff. That's a whole lot of stuff. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a great time, and our audience is in for just a whole lot of wonderful knowledge that they're going to get on the Strategy-Driven website. So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you joining us and, and, and doing this for our audience. We're going we're gonna to teach everybody everything we know, Nathan. Yeah, actually, I think you're going to be doing the teaching. I'm just going to be asking the questions. Well, yeah, but they're smart questions, aren't they? Well, I, I will try to make them <laughs> smart questions. <laughs> so, Well, Sharon Truth, thank you again for joining us, and I look forward to talking to you again soon on our next podcast on Making Change Work, which will be about systems. Good night, and thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank Sharon Drew Morgan for being with us today and sharing her insights on what change is and why business changes are so hard to implement. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at podcast at strategydriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.strategydriven.com. You can find more information about Sharon Drew Morgan at www.buyingfacilitation.com. Until next time, so long.